I feel bad for Cody Rhodes. Because he really, <laughs> I feel bad because he really tried to create something in there that would give drama to the match. He worked on the man's leg. Like, what's the point? So why the fuck did I put you in a figure four vice against the, with, with the ladder for you just to then do a springboard um, cutter from the, of, of me on the ladder and then stand up like, yeah, like this. This is a guy whom I'm, he is he is he's one of these characters in those old school video games that when their life bar is down to zero, they hit the little trash can and they and they grab the apple and all of a sudden they're all the way back to full health. And it's like like this man, like the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the moment this man hears the crowd applause, he's like, yeah, and he just stands up and, and it's uh, all the pain has gone away. Nothing matters when you watch a Sammy Guevara match. That's the everyone else sell has to sell for this man. This man doesn't have to sell for anyone. He just he just does it. He's wildly frustrating to watch. <laughs> gentlemen we welcome you back in our recorded glory once again this is the greatest wrestling podcast in all of the world this is give me the book my name is mike alloy with me as always the el guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy satoyo here back with you once again give me the book podcast thank you guys so much for listening as always we have uh, recorded a podcast so high last time that the, the audio could not handle it. Unfortunately, we have lost about uh, an hour of us talking wrestling, which we did uh, right before Dynamite aired. Maybe it was for the better uh, this week because this was an eventful Dynamite and this was a Dynamite that gave us a lot of things to talk about. Satoyo, let's talk about uh, all things AEW. This time, last this week's Dynamite included. We saw the debuts of uh, Jay White on AEW. Uh, Keith Lee is back, and I'm very happy to see him back. And also, we had two uh, awesome matches. I think uh, CM Punk is giving, keeping his great match streak alive at two. And uh, also, yeah, we uh, we had an awesome main event to top it off. So, so tell me, please, uh, tell me, talk, uh, talk to me about AEW. Yeah, I think that with respects to AEW this past week, and we got, guys, we are filming on Saturday, February the 12th of 2022. So this past Wednesday's Dynamite was very, very good, um, especially as it relates to, I do appreciate the fact of what they're doing for their uh, for their, for their their main guys on top. Uh, AEW is a professional wrestling show. Um, now it does have its big bankable stars, but it does a relatively solid job of evening out the show. So... Um, while I know that people may have concerns because they would sit there and say, well, Hangman Adam Page is your world champion, but you're not showcasing him as much. I would say this is incorrect. They are 
appropriately giving each segment the amount of time that it actually requires and deserves and is also saying hey that's our world champion but it is not the overarching thing that makes our show uh the show uh having said that i had every uh belief in my heart and soul that hangman adam page and lance archer would bleed all over the fucking place i knew it i felt it in my soul because the texas death match and uh, they totally did that. But the match in of itself really, really delivered. I uh, had to highlight a different part of Adam Page. I liked everything about the match insofar as what the Texas death match is right now in, 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 uh, in you know, pro wrestling pantheon right now. Um, I like the fact they got right to business. I like the fact that there was really no one got their entrances. No one got to do any of that. They got right to it. And um, they bled buckets and uh created a match that was that was very entertaining i like blood in professional wrestling i don't think it's needed all the time <laughs> uh, um uh but like i, I love the match and i loved hangman sweet afterwards of i don't like bleeding <laughs> i'm tired of bleeding every month which he should be but it, this was this was a really really good piece of business that enhanced their world title that enhanced him as a champion uh and then also enhanced uh, the lineage of a guy like Lance Archer being a big man who has their match that they really don't win. <laughs> you know, say like it's like the Undertaker in the casket match. It's like, ah, yes, it's his match. Yeah, it's his match to lose unless, you know, he's on the back end of his career and then he can win a bunch of casket matches. So, yeah. Lance Archer is going to be the the guy to work with a guy who's never going to be the guy of AW. And that's and that is what it is. I mean, look, not everybody can be on top as we're learning. Uh, luckily for AEW, most of internet wrestling community is not so far behind Lance Archer that they're discouraged to see him constantly losing the big spot. So I guess that is a spot for him. I thought it was a good match for what it was. I think, they, again, it's very hard to book a match uh, when the babyface champion and everybody knows that the babyface champion is going to win. You know what I mean? It's just very hard to make that compelling. And no point did I believe that Lance Archer was going to win, especially because what makes it even harder, right, in the regular match when there's a three count, you can kind of, like, get lost in the moment and, you know, you count along to the pin. Here, you couldn't even do that. Like, you always knew Lance Archer was going to get back up before the, the, the 10 hit. That being said, listen, they did some crazy shit, and I appreciated the amount of punishment they took. It felt like they beat the shit out of each other. They properly sold. Uh, again, I don't think they worked the body part. They just looked exhausted. And like you said, they fucking bled to death. And some of the spots look gnarly because they were. Like, there's no way fucking, you know, taking the, the blackout on the, on the steps from in and out, in and out the ring uh, didn't hurt. Like, hell. Like, it just it, it certainly did. Um, thought the, the ending was cool. Popped the crowd. Popped me watching with him, you know, flipping over the referee. Um, you can argue it's a little bit too flippy for something that brutal. I don't... I disagree. I liked it. So, uh, just overall, it was good. I personally enjoyed FTR against uh, MGF and John Moxley more. I thought that was a better you match. You mean CM Punk? You mean CM, CM Punk? Punk. And, so, what yes. Say? Oh, yeah, that was definitely the better match. That was definitely the better match. Easily. without. I mean, that was like that was just a very good tag match. Yeah. One of the things I said on the previous show, uh, which is, is lost forever, but I will acknowledge I was wrong, but by saying yes. it was that Grizzly Young Veterans were the new yeah. FTR. And yeah. and I still think they are on a come up to be there, but like they're they're, they're close, but they're not there yet. Yeah, you uh, said that. Fair, and we I haven't am... seen we haven't seen Grizzly Young Veterans work John Moxley and and uh, CM Punk in front of a hot crowd either. Sure. But uh, and you never will. FTR when you when they when they we just allow them to to wrestle a, a, a long match against hot baby faces. There's nobody better in the world than that than they are. 
Yeah, they they put on a tremendous uh, t- and yes, you did. It, and again, the, the we'll call that the, the the you know the lost podcast. But yeah, Mans did say grizzled grizzly young veterans were like like better than FTR, and I corrected him. I said on the uh, level. Too. I think on the yeah, I see that's the same. It's that's even worse. You're not even committing. Uh, but I did correct him. Uh, <laughs> I did correct him, dear listeners. I corrected him, and then FT. I think FTR probably felt some level of disrespect in the in the ether and then they had to go out there and do that yes that was a very very good uh tag match and yeah ftr they're just they're just that type of team man like they are they are a great like a generationally great tag team that just understands what tag team wrestling is you're they also have the benefit of being in there with john moxley who is beloved um and over like rover and cm punk who is beloved and let's not be mistaken and let's give all credence due. Uh, he is a welcome addition to the AEW roster in terms of what he gives you bell to bell in the ring with his storytelling, with how he paces his matches. So and then you put FTR in there. It's like you can't you can't miss. I mean, that was a 360 windmill dunk. Like it was it was just it was a great thing to watch. Yeah, man, and John Moxley both. I think the it's certain that he is in the ring with four guys. I was, I was or with three other guys who are uh, very good, but also much more. I was his slower pace, and then when yes. he gets the hot tag, he's just mm-hmm. a ball of energy, you know, running through everybody. Um, and also, it's it shows you how over he was because I think at that point, Keith Lee has not yet uh, been revealed as the big uh, big announcement. So a lot of people thought, okay, maybe this is that when somebody will arrive. And this is kind of like where you potentially set up your big baby face to fail, right? Because, hey, I'm going to have a, a, a surprise tag team partner. Ooh, who is it? Maybe it's a high new debut. No, it's the guy we've seen before. And the fact that the crowd not only didn't care, but was overjoyed to see John Moxley together with, uh, with CM Punk speaks values to how over he is and how much that crowd loves him. Um, I think I do think he's probably the honestly the hottest baby face in our company right now, especially with the awesome promo he cut uh, yeah. since he came back from rehab, all the, the cool storylines he's been involved with. Um, and even though they didn't advance the, the Daniel Bryan storyline this, this week, um, it is still, it's still exciting to see what, what happens in the, uh, next for him. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think he's he is he is uh their overwhelmingly beloved. Like it's like it's uh because to 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 the AEW fans, I do believe that John Moxley is their Austin. So it's kind of like you can't now. This is now for those listening. I am not saying that he's on the level of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's be clear. I am saying that. It, that's how they view him. That's how they see him. That's how they feel about it. Like he is, he is almost a reached the status of a folklore to them. So, it, so he, because he has the love and more importantly, the, like the audience believes in him, the AEW faithful believe in John Moxley. And that's something very, very different when the audience believes in you, that's a different type of love. They're just happy to see it. Cause you choose to be outside. And I think that's what he has. I'm a little interested from a story perspective. And again, this is where AW kind of you give them a benefit of doubt as opposed to criticizing them like you would with WWE because having John Moxley, who is uh, obviously we saw him before rehab, was a close friend of Eddie Kingston's, aligned himself with somebody Eddie Kingston recently feuded with like CM Punk. In WWE, you would say, oh, wow, that's a little storyline. Uh, that's a, a, a storyline hole. Like, how, why is he aligning with his like enemies uh, or his friend's enemy? Uh, but in AEW, I think that's a setup for something down the line, and I'm excited to see that. Yeah, definitely, because as we know, Eddie Kingston is currently on the shelf. He's injured, uh, but it gives them a lot of 
opportunity to address it going forward, which they've already hinted at uh, on Rampage last night. Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson rather said, hey, I mean, listen, at, like John just wants to fight. So that's what that was. He just wants he's just down to fight. That's all that was. What I'm offering him is a long term relationship in professional wrestling. What he did on Wednesday was a one night stand. And then again, with Kingston being Kingston, uh, that will most likely be addressed in much the same way his relationship with Santana and Ortiz has been addressed. So um, they have a lot to pull from should they choose to go there. Um, and yeah, it, and again, it could lead to something bigger or it could just be a throwaway because Kingston like that could be whatever Kingston could come out and say, hey, what was that? Or it could be like, I get it. You did what you had to do, whatever, whatever. Like it, it honestly either would work because of how Eddie would frame it. So, yeah, very interesting in that regard. I do think that uh, the thing that, the, you know, we had two, uh, I guess we had two surprise not so much of a surprise, but we had two debuts to AEW programming, which was uh, the arrival of Keith Lee and Switchblade Jay White, which uh, put the put the internet wrestling community ablaze, had them on fire a bit. Well, absolutely. I mean, Jay White is obviously, you know, me and you have, uh, especially yourself, have sung his praises for a while now, so it's good to see him featured on, on a major television network in America. Um, he has wrestled in the United States before. He's obviously been kind of the, the touchstone of New Japan Strong here in U.S. And of, and then uh, he's done some stint and impact. Um, I'm not sure, you know, it might have been a bigger deal if he actually just went straight from Japan. If this would be like his U.S. debut. But uh, it was cool to see him, man. I thought it was cool. That was very subdued debut, right? He didn't debut in the arena. He just kind of, you know, showed up. They... Because they know, right? Ultimately, New Japan is not as hot now as it was mm -hmm. in the past, and some people do not know who he is. Yep. So to you know, to even uh, like you knew this was not going to be the big announcement, the big reveal. It was right. this was like going to be the the cherry on top. Um, but I'm excited to see what the story they tell with them. I I think I know this is a, a common criticism of AEW, but like I think Elite Bullet Club faction specifically is getting a little too many play new brand new players right now because we just saw Kyle Riley debut and then he was gone next week I know he's on parent duty but then like maybe don't debut him right now maybe have him do his uh parenting duties first and then have him make his debut um you know Bobby Fish is or is lost in the shuffle completely so and now you bring in Jay Wine to the fold on one hand it's exciting because you have a lot of new players a lot of stories you can tell and of course you know Kenny Omega is going to return as well um over there but then I don't know, man. There's is just a lot going on, and right now I don't see a whole lot of continuity. I, I think there is continuity. I just think it's a bit jumbled. I think it's not as clear as it maybe needs to be, and it can't be because people are living their lives and things are happening. And you know, like Kyle O'Reilly, you know, he had his kid and all this other stuff, and he, you know, all that, all that jazz. Um, I do think that um, it's an interesting time. In, in professional wrestling as a whole, because I can't really remember a time where, like as, as an adult, certainly, uh, as a teenager, I can't even remember a time as a teenager where you had talent that could move so freely. So this is like as close, and, and, and those of you who are pro wrestling fans, kind of take note, this is as close as you'll see as anything like that, that sort of mirrors any type of territory days. Like this is as close as like the, the pandemic has done what it's done to create situations like this. It's not as it's not possible for Jay White 
or uh, or uh, Gorillas of Destiny to go back to Japan right now. It actually isn't because Japan, rightfully so, takes the pandemic far more seriously than we do, even though almost a million people in this country have died. Right. So it's, it's simply not as possible for them to be or even Rocky Romero it, it can't be back there like that. Like it just it just isn't possible with the travel. So you have these situations where guys are just available and accessible and you want to use them because they have a name. So I do think that that is why we are seeing this. I do think that kind of can muddy the waters a bit. It's also kind of a, uh, an incredible time because I've, I've really never sort of seen this because they're all on major brands. These are all legitimate professional wrestling New companies. New Japan is not indies. Uh, I'm sorry? New Japan is not indies. No, like, no. I mean, yeah, I think that's New the point because I think like, people yeah. refer to it as like, oh, it's an independent. No, this is a very much a major promotion that does like huge uh, uh, dome shows in Japan. Like this is yeah. one that's on there and like television networks can sell, you know, tens of thousands of, of, of tickets to their shows. Yeah. To anyone saying that New Japan is the Indies, you're a fucking idiot. They've been around for 50 fucking years. They have major, uh, uh, you know, TV in their country and even in this country. So anyone who says that quite frankly, has no idea what they're talking about. They don't understand anything about professional wrestling, should never comment on it. Uh, I mean that specifically because what you're saying is objectively disrespectful. You don't know what you're talking about. You probably think Shawn Michaels is the greatest in-ring worker of all times. Shut your mouth. So, uh, but no, this is actually very, very wild to see um, that forbidden door thing, as corny as the term is, these guys, I mean, look at Matt Cardona. Guys are just like working. Guys are just going everywhere. So that's kind of cool. Also, one thing I want to say about that segment that I thought was really, really neat was the switch, like seeing Jay White in his jacket, the switchblade just his back. And you saw and you saw the Young Bucks and Adam Cole look at a real professional wrestler <laughs> and they saw what an actual professional wrestler looked like. He looked cool. He fucked up Trent. And then he looked over at one of the Jacksons and said, nice earrings and walked away because that's a pro wrestler. OK, it's not Adam Cole. It's not the Young Bucks. They stink. OK, it's not their little nonsensical bullshit. No, it's King Switch. OK, best wrestler in the world for a couple years. He was going on until pandemic. He's still in that conversation. He just can't get the reps that other people are allowed to get. Um, and he also physically just looks bigger and better than because both of them do. Young Bucks is my size. Adam Cole is my size. I'm physically bigger than both of them, all three of them. Jay White, 6'1", a legit 200-plus pounds, and looks it. So it was cool to see. Absolutely, man. I'm, again, I'm excited for, to see him wrestle. He's going to wrestle Trent on uh, on Rampage. Again, the way I understand they need to make a Rampage attractive, but also, man, that's a little – put him on dynamite, man, like you, if you want to make him feel big. Yeah, I would give it a dynamite feel. Also, and I'll be honest with you, I'll say this. Uh, it's going to take a lot. For guy, because you know, I don't, I don't see. I Jay will make it work. Jay's gonna adjust to their style 100. percent But those, these guys just they go fast. They don't pay attention to nearly as much stuff. So you're not gonna see the same type of match. You're Trent's not gonna see good, the though. same. I think Trent, 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 Trent is very Trent. Trent can work. They just move so much quicker on a. I mean, for the most. That's why I've been like, yeah, no, you need to appreciate CM Punk. He actually works like a wrestler, whereas a lot of these guys move and move and move and move and move and move. Like, it's just and and and, uh, and hopefully with Trent coming off the biggest singles win of his career, I think, against one of the Jacksons, hopefully, you know, that translates. But even look at that match, that match, they were just doing a bunch of shit to each other. Um, 
and acting like what happened, what they had just done to each other 20 seconds prior didn't matter. So you're not going to see the same type of Jay White matches. You're going to see Jay White adjusting to what they do. But he can do that, though. He can move. Yes. He can do quick stuff yes. really well, too, man. So yes, I get, I'm excited. I'm excited to see just just watch Jay White wrestle on television, uh, which brings us, of course, to Keith Lee. Uh, I think, you, you know, they that's not the way I would have debuted him. Let me put it that way. I think, you know, the the best comparison to Keith Lee has always been uh, Big Man Vader. And you did not debut Big Man Vader with an announcement. You did not have him uh, wrestle some small guy, you know, to qualify for something that will eventually get him a title. No, you had him debut to fuck up, fucking up Sting, your champion. Uh, and I think Yeah, you that, couldn't do that with, you couldn't do that with Keith Lee. You could not. You could not. I, you could not, not do that with Keith Lee. I think no. you absolutely could have. I think, and I think no. you absolutely should have. At some point, you, you kind of have to, I think. To make somebody feel like a big deal. Again, him you know, destroying Isaiah Cassidy. Shout out to Isaiah Cassidy. Cool, nice hand. I, you know, he he got a good gift out of it, which is kind of that's I honestly has been his NXT gimmick. It's like hey, he gets in the ring, he gives you like amazing moments that you then, you know, that go viral, and then you know, you makes you want to see him more. He did that, so that was good. Um, we'll see where he goes next. Again, the fact that his pay-per-view debut is gonna be in the multi-man ladder match. Um, do not know if that's the best one, but I could be wrong. So, but well, I, I'm excited. To, let me put this one. I'm excited to see Keith Lee back. I'm excited that he's got a cool entrance music. He's got a good look. The crowd is behind him. He's, he, again, he's going viral again. So I'm happy to see that. I will hold my breath because again, the man debuted in WWE by pinning Seth Rollins and being Roman Reigns, uh, and then uh, end up meeting Jack Shad in the long run. Now, again, AW is better at booking, I, I can say that, than WWE. But this was not that type of level of debut. So I'm where, where I can say, oh, this was a home run. I thought this was good. We'll see what happens. Yeah, not every day. Sometimes it's good just to stick the landing, right? And also, you couldn't do that with Keith Lee. I'm sorry. You just couldn't have him go after Adam Page. Adam Page. You couldn't. You couldn't. There'd be nowhere for him to go. Only place for him to go is down unless you have him come in and then beat Adam Page, which you shouldn't do, which you couldn't do right off the bat. And then, which rightfully so, you'd have a lot of people being like, well, then why why would you divest from your home from this from this major homegrown baby face who you have in your company? Why would you have someone else just come in and beat them out of nowhere for nothing who was just on other people's programming? That would be a legitimate concern. Also, more to the point like you want to create some type of build for this guy. And on some level, you want to rehab him. If you put him in there with Adam page, you beat him. There's no need to do that right away because you can build him. And maybe he doesn't lose to Adam page. Maybe he wins a thing. So I think that how they brought him in was just to stick the landing. It was totally appropriate. And it was to remind people who Keith Lee was now. A lot of people will minimize this, but it is important to note that the WWE did a fantastic job in fucking up whatever was left. And I'll say this. You're going to hate this. And it brings me a lot of joy. You hating this. That moment that he had on Dynamite was him bigger than beating Randy Orton for a couple reasons. One, he was in front of an audience. <laughs> he was in front of an actual audience. OK, so there you have that. Two, it felt special. It was called this special. He was constantly they sang his praises they put him over they did all this other it wasn't like with wwe when they were kind of figuring out who mans was especially on the main roster on nxt they had it figured out all of a sudden he went to wwe and they couldn't make heads or tails of this man 
So I do believe that. So it's important in this regard to understand that when you bring in a Keith Lee, you should present Keith Lee as Keith Lee because in his prior in incarnation of him, the muddy, the, the waters got a little muddied. Okay, so you have to then reestablish who this guy was and who was this guy most specifically even before WWE. No, present him as the big athletic black guy from PG from uh, PWG who does a lot of cool shit like do that. And that's literally what they did. So I think in that regard, you stick the landing. You don't put him immediately with Adam Page. You just don't do that, especially when he's an over beloved baby face. It doesn't make any sense to do that. I guess, but again, if you want to keep him as babyface, that works. But yeah, I would just debut him, have him turn heel, and would beat the shit. I because I would rather see Adam Page against Keith Lee than Adam Page against Adam Cole. Yeah, I don't want sure. to see that match, especially after Adam Cole just lost to fucking Orange Cassidy. That makes no sense. Orange well, Bay Adam Cole didn't lose. What are you talking about? He didn't lose. I know it's a uh, it's but he like did, he didn't lose. I mean, but I saw him. But I saw him lose. I know it was on sanction, but he lost. He didn't lose. What are you talking about? He didn't lose. Exactly. What are you talking about? He didn't lose. But he lost. But he we saw lose. him lose. But he and also, you made, also, made it better to my television. Yeah, but also, but, but, <laughs> and you had him lose to Orange Cassidy. So then yeah, what? But, but you're, but you're, but you're, but you're trying to shoot the gun here. You're trying to jump the gun rather because you're saying I'd rather see Adam Page versus Keith Lee. Most people would. So let's get through Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Like, like I, I'm saying that one that's situation not, leads so to. So that's one, not a good way to book your champion, bro. No, <laughs> it is. No, it is. Month. No, it actually so now is. We have a month off. Let's get through this for your main event for your main title. No, no. So to me, it's let's get through this. The people will actually like it. And because AEW, for the most part, goes by their rank, he's undefeated. He's got that record, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no, this is what you do. You have Adam Cole lose to the AEW guy. That's what you do. And like Adam Cole's come like Adam Cole's from somewhere else for all for all intents and purposes. You have him come in and lose to your top dude. That's sure. what you do. That's, that's you what you do. do that. Like when you have Booker T lose to Triple H because he's from WCW. It's exactly like that. I mean, yeah, they 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 totally did it. They just told a tor terrible story in doing so. Yeah, they just told Fair an enough. awful story doing so, and uh, one of the worst world title reigns of all times. Sure, I mean, they, yeah. but here's the thing: they also did that when he lost to The Rock immediately at SummerSlam, and then they did it two years later. Yeah, you can do that. You can totally do that. But what we're talking about is Adam Cole's been in the company for less than a year. You're bringing up a situation with Booker T. By that point, he was in the company for two years, so that's not even the same thing. That's just that's that's. You were improper there. You were bad. I'm I am fucking with you on this one. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm just not excited to see this, man. I, I don't think I don't anybody's... If, if, it's not one criticism of, of otherwise awesome Dynamite. Let's start showing some other things. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Mike Ortiz cutting the promo of his life. Uh, they should have let... Like, what the fuck? Why did, why did Santana Ortiz need a fucking mouthpiece this entire time? They sound better than Chris Jericho at this point. Yeah, they, they, I don't I don't I don't think they I don't know that they did, but I do know that it takes a level of comfort to to get to that position where you can just talk so freely. So I, I, from what I heard, I don't think Santana ever needed a mouthpiece, but maybe at one point he did, because remember, in impact, uh, Kingston was their mouthpiece. So this is not to say that they that they needed one, but this is to say maybe at one point they did. Um, you know, not everyone starts off as a strong promo. Immediately, it took Bret Hart some time to become solid at promos. And even he said, hey, you got to give me mic time for me to get good at this. So I think that it's been a build. Also, I don't think it hurts when you're around really good promos. 
uh, you do learn to talk better as so long as you're not completely uh, incapable of talking, being around those who are very good at something that you're also doing, uh, you're going to get better after a time. But yeah, I mean, like, and again, I, I do also appreciate the fact that Jericho played his part. Jericho did do what he was supposed to do. Jericho sounds like every white regional manager who wants to take the credit of everyone else's hard work. And then when that person's like, you're actually holding me down from a promotion, it's like, how dare you? I'm the influencer. And it's like, bruh, you were only world champion because of us. So I hope so. I, I hope so you're right. we'll see. We'll see what they, how they keep booking it because from the segment, that's the one problem I have with segment. I thought they sounded both parties kind of try to sound like a baby face. Like nobody did the heel work there. No, I thought Jericho was the total heel. I'm the influencer of the... That motherfucker oh, sounds like so completely old, out of touch and unaware. And I believe that's intentional um, because you and I, I would see I was I was about to be wrong there. I was about to say you can't be that unaware, but I'm talking about Chris Jericho. It's entirely possible. So uh, but I do think that Santana Ortiz brought up a lot of honest critiques, criticisms and gripes that the crowd got behind. And let's be honest here, man. Don't nobody want to see Jake Hager and Chris Jericho beat Pride and Powerful. Like, no one wants to see them beat Santana Ortiz. Uh, I appreciate that. And Sammy Guevara was also there. Sammy Guevara was indeed also there. Uh, do you want to? So let's let's talk about CM Punk a little bit. I do want to. We talked about it on our podcast extensively. Let's just say CM Punk with Sam Jeff was absolutely awesome, awesome old school match. Uh, just, you know, kind of. Again, it's it's very hard to to be entertaining for forty minutes, or in anything you do, um, you know, even if like try watching a full game, you know what I mean, like of of, of any sport, uh, and it, it's kind of hard to get through. And we got a forty minute match that had twists and turns and and false finishes, and it ended with MJF giving CM Punk his first loss in Chicago, uh, doing amazing hill work. Love what they're doing with MJF. Love what they're doing with CM Punk. Love what they're doing with Warlow. The crowd is now fully behind him, chanting his name uh, next uh, next uh, night on on Dynamite. Uh, just thought I think that entire story has been really, really well told. And I think right back on track after you know after uh, obviously weeks of milling promos from CM Punk. Uh, I'm I'm happy that he stuck the landing and 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 everybody is nailing their parts. Yeah, I think that once again. Uh, uh, credit to all players involved in that match. And again, it, and Mike is right in this regard. Like it is, it unfortunately, and it's a bad thing. I don't mean this is a good thing. It is unfortunately like, oh yeah, I guess it is old school wrestling. But for me, it's just pro wrestling. It's just, you sell things, you stay consistent and you don't, you don't muck about. If your arm is hurt, your arm stays hurt. If your knee is hurt, your knee stays hurt. If your back is hurt, your back stays hurt. So CM Punk does something that I don't think uh, anyone else in that company does the same level as him, which is just he pays attention to his body parts. He just pays attention to them. MJF does as well, really, really well. He did. They showed that in the Derby match, which was still an excellent match. Like, you know, you, you pay you, you, the thing that is hurt, you just sell, you just sell because when I was fully invested in that. I was fully invested in that match and, and paying attention to what's hurting on the body. What did it do? It, it gave credence and legitimacy to everything they did. CM Punk hits a, the first Pittsburgh, uh, or I'm sorry, he fits the, for the first, like, you know, plunge. Was it, was it Pepsi, 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 like, plunge. Pepsi plunge? I'm sorry. Um, Pepsi plunge in like 17 years. And he couldn't make the cover because his knee had been worked on throughout the match. So here he is pulling out everything in his arsenal to beat this young guy who actually is quite good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he can't make that cover 
Um, I thought it was excellent. Uh, and again, it, it, for anyone who wants to sit there and say, oh, they want to talk about CM Punk's attitude. He just had the young kid beat him in Chicago and he gave the young kid the, the, the I beat you twice. <laughs> I beat you twice. What do you mean? So when people bring up CM Punk's attitude, I'm like, okay, then you just don't like him as a personality because if you saw him in a room, he might make situations uncomfortable when he sees nonsense. You can't say he won't lose to people. That's ridiculous. Never heard anything of the sort. Like he switched this is like in WWE, he switched the decision around when they were giving a hard time about Roman Reigns. He's like, just have the guy beat me then. Like it doesn't just have him beat me. You guys are being so, so, so again, what does he do? He does the same thing that Raven did for him over 15 years ago. And it's like, no, we're going to make this fucking guy. And I can do it on a bigger stage in my hometown. And they had a really, really excellent match. I do think he's going to get his win back, unfortunately, which is not uh, on him. It's on booking. Like, hey, man, sometimes you got to get, you guys strap a rocket to somebody and just like let it go. I, I had the same problem with the, the whole Chris Jericho feud, which, by the way, this feud is much better than the Chris Jericho feud. I still maintain that was one of the worst. Yeah, one of, them, one, of them can, one of them can still wrestle, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, and, uh, but I do hope, I hope MGF beats him uh, again uh, in, the, in the rematch that they are in. I don't see it happening, but we'll see. Because, um, well, again, I think MGF is your next top guy. You have MGF beat CM Punk, and then boom, and then he's on the collision course with Adam Page, which actually we don't know, and that will be the first time since he faced Danielson where we actually won't know who is going to win. Yeah, I think that I don't know that at, at some point CM Punk is going to win a match against MJF. Of course, I just don't know when uh, you don't have to. Again, they always get their win back in some form or fashion. It's just about the frequency of it. Right. So, for instance, like when Wahoo and Ric Flair would feud, Wahoo got his wins in there somewhere. But out of 10 times they fought, he would get like 20 to 30 percent of the wins you know that's just sort of how it happens uh raven cm punk was very similar um mick foley triple h very similar like yeah mick will win here and there but the overarching theme is triple h gets over on the guy that's just what that is so you can't do that so cm punk will get his win it's just a matter of of when that happens and even then like you know uh, I, if they're going to do that, I'd rather them do that now than do that when MJF is champion. But you could extend it to when MJF is champion and it could make for a really, really compelling moment. Uh, I don't think they're wrong necessarily either way. I do think that if they got it out the way now, that's fine. If they prolong it, that's fine. CM Punk will get his win back. But keep this in mind, even if and when he does get his win back, MJF always has. Yeah, but I beat you twice before you could beat me once. And then he can just build on that. No, I, I agree with that completely. And I do think MJ versus CM Punk for a title in like the later half of this year would be absolutely awesome. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of how you bring it back. Um, anything else? To, oh, let's talk about the, do you want to criticize Sammy Guevara more? As you do. Yeah, yes, yes. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Of course. Uh, <laughs> sure. Of course. Uh, so one of the things we did not get a chance to talk about because in, during our break, uh, we had a ladder match, which had an awesome, awesome cutter. Uh, that Sammy Guevara gave to Cody Rhodes and the match that neither me or you really liked because Sammy Guevara seems to be allergic to selling. Um, he's incredible, incredible talent. But I think to, to your point, and, and I think we, we saw the difference between the MGF CM Punk match and the latter match, um, when CM Punk bursts out uh, a Horokarana, Poison Rama, you know, 30 minutes into the match, you go, holy shit. When he bursts out uh, a, pep a first Pepsi plunge in 17 years, you know, the crowd goes wild for it. 
because those things matter because the you can feel the pain the hardest hardest thing for him to even burst out that move because he lands on his knee and he can't make a cover um nothing in that match between uh, uh between Sammy and Cody felt like it mattered I mean they had a lot of spots that I sure heard like a motherfucker uh and and then they would just get up and run up the ladder especially Sammy um so go ahead yeah, Mike Alloy is 100% correct. This was a frustrating piece of business. And the unfortunate thing about it is, is that this will be a ladder match of note. It's a noteworthy ladder match. It's an impactful ladder match, especially for this company. It will be in their pantheon of like great ladder matches and whatever. It will be in that pantheon. And I do believe that uh, some people in the, in the wrestling community are already putting it in that position. They are woefully incorrect. Uh, Mike is right. This man sells nothing uh, and it's wildly frustrating uh, because it's especially that I feel and here's the I'm make I'm make, I'm make you mad and make some of you mad. You're listening. You're about to get mad. I feel bad for Cody Rhodes. He <laughs> really, tr- I feel bad because he really tried to create something in there that would give drama to the match. He worked on the man's leg. Like, what's the point? So why the fuck did I put you in a figure four vice against with with the ladder for you just to then do a springboard? Uh, cutter from the uh, of me on the ladder and then stand up like yeah like this this is a guy whom i'm he is he is he's one of these characters in those old school video games that when their life bar is down to zero they hit the little trash can and they and they grab the apple and all of a sudden they're all the way back to full health and it's like like this man (laughs) like the moment The moment this man hears the crowd applause, he's like, yeah, and he just stands up and and it's uh, all the pain has gone away. Nothing matters when you watch a Sammy Guevara match. That's the everyone else sell has to sell for this man. This man doesn't have to sell for anyone. He just he just does it. He's wildly frustrating to watch Uh, one. And and you got listen, I get it. I get it. All right. He 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 looks like that creator wrestler that you that you create. That's not Brian Cage. I get your I get why you, you like him like this. OK, but you're incorrect. This guy doesn't give you anything. He's a very, very selfish in ring worker, I think, because he takes everyone's offense and makes it look like nothing. And then the other person is supposed to give him everything when he gives so incredibly little. Go back and watch his match with Miro when he finally wins the fucking title. After he wins the title, his response to that, he was getting the shit kicked out of him. Oh, no, he wasn't. He's up and it's fine. He's not holding anything on his body. It's the same situation with this, man. And then afterward, in that same second, in that same night, in a different segment, later on when they were in picture in picture, he comes out (coughs) with the cue cards, not even limping, and just says, hey, I did this on my own by myself, but I needed you the people and then just walks away fuego del sol in one move sold more than sammy Guevara did in that entire match my goodness i'm sure he's a nice enough dude i don't know the man personally i don't know any of these people yeah i mean I, yeah you know you take you ruin your relationship you have cheat on your fiance I, I don't know the man i don't know any of these guys obviously um but man from a, from a worker perspective I, I, a lot of y'all, I don't know what y'all see, man, because this dude ain't it. He's just he's just not it. That was a really and Cody did right by it. 
Like they popped for him massively. So you can't sit there and say Cody didn't do nothing for that man. No, Cody helped make that dude because that was literally a story they told from the first fucking episode of Dynamite till till that match. So he did do right by him. And uh, I'm sure I don't. I, I, but again, I don't think Sammy appreciated it, although I'm having to get used to it's like what, what Mike said about old school wrestling. I may just have to concede that this is what pro wrestling is now, which would suck. But I'm, I mean, uh, y'all don't seem to find anything egregious about this. So, no, man, there's I mean, still people who sell, there's still people who sell and doing the main event. I'm not saying this sell necessarily to the, the level of the people we love the most. No, there's sure. like Bret Hart who's that good, or, or you know, sure. uh, or Eddie, and you, wait, fuck, Jeff Hardy. I mean, that's yeah. that's the that's the egregious part, right? Yeah. After the, the latter spots, everybody compares Sammy to Jeff. I'm like, have you seen a Jeff Hardy man? <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, he looks. Like he got his ass kicked in the end uh-huh. of every match. Look at his match with the Undertaker. My God, yeah. he's literally yeah. Undertaker is literally holding him up. Yeah. Like, and by the way, Jeff Hardy is like twice the size of Sammy Guevara. That's not, but like he's got like thirty to twenty pounds on him, and Undertaker is holding him up like he's a skinny, like a, like one of those dangling skeletons that they have on the mm-hmm. day on uh, on the Day of the Dead. He's barely like walking. That's yeah. that's what that's what made you support Jeff Hardy. Because mm-hmm. the man look every match, especially the ones that he won as a babyface, he looked like he got his ass kicked, the shit beat out of him. And mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara has none of that. Just because he does the same moves doesn't mean they're alike at all, man. Yeah, yeah. He's again. It, once again, <laughs> Mike is correct. You can't compare a Sammy Guevara to a Jeff. That is utterly infuriating because Jeff sold pain. Jeff told it because again, in, and again, guys, in your selling, you tell the story. In your selling, you gain sympathy. That's why it's called that. your, that's yeah. Literally you're why selling, it's called yeah, you're selling sympathy. You're selling the like that's especially when you're a baby face, that's how they come to love you. And when you're a heel selling, that's your comeuppance for all of your misdeeds. And Sammy flips amazing athlete, won't take that away from him, but that's all he does. Flip, flop, fly, do the thing. And then, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, then his, what is it? Uh, go to hell. Fi- that thing sucks. But what, like, it's like little, fi- like, you're go to hell. Fi- Dude, come on, man. This this guy, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it No, no, no. Don't ever compare him to Eddie Guerrero ever again, for those of you listening. Don't ever do it. Don't ever, don't ever do it. Don't the, let your friends do it. Things, the only two bad things I have to say, because this was an awesome dynamite, and I, I don't want to take that away. This was one of the best dynamites in the history of dynamites. But <laughs> the two most egregious parts of that dynamite was when they compared, I think it was Santana, if I'm mistaken, or to uh, to Eddie Guerrero, and they compared uh, um, Keith Lee to young Mark Henry. And like, hmm, all for two. All for two, gentlemen. On yeah. Those- yeah, I think that... Uh... Listen, I'll say this. I'd much rather have people compare Santana to Eddie Guerrero than I would have them Sammy Guevara to Eddie Guerrero, uh, number one. And yeah, Keith Lee to Mark. You know, it took Mark Henry damn near 20 years to get good, like to get like before the before the Hall of Pain, which I loved. I, I love that incarnation of Mark Henry. It took him a lot of time to get focused. And initially uh, they signed that man to a 10 year contract. That was guaranteed when they signed him in 96 and did. And once they realized they didn't have what they thought they were going to have, they did everything they could to get that guy to want to quit. And he just didn't that may young stuff and all that other, he went with it and it was, I guess it was entertaining. I hated it as a kid, 
but that was to get a guy to want to be like, I don't want to do this no more. But that, but Mark Henry knew where his money was and said, I'll do it. And then he realized what he was supposed to do. And then he became the Mark Henry uh, of note, but that took a while. But Mark Henry, that's not even the point of how good he is. Keith Lee ain't never, he's never doing a leapfrog or a moonsault in his life. What are we talking about? Yeah, that, 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 I, I, I just think that, yeah, I think it was one of that, like, Here's a Latin guy. Here's a Latin guy. Here's a black guy. Here's a black guy. It's it's and it was it was deaf. It was deaf, dumb and blind right there. You could have just said, hey, man, that's an athletic big guy. It <laughs> reminds me of another athletic big guy. But they were like, no, he has to be a black. Like, it's like he does not have to be. He doesn't have to be. It's that Mark Henry just because they they're both they're big. Do you realize Mark Henry was a, he was a power lifter. Keith Lee played football. These are, they're not the same thing at all. They're not even now you're just confusing people. Now you're just confusing yeah. people, bro. Yeah, but they were just like, no, nah, they're black. Hey, man, we're 40 minutes of this podcast. We got, we still got some stuff to cover. Uh, let's talk W. Anything else you want to say about AEW before we move on to the, the, the Fed? Yes. Um, uh, Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal had an amazing rampage match that I greatly, greatly love. Ricky Starks, another guy who can really, really sell his behind off. Really, really gets it and understands it as, of course, Jay Lethal, who is a who is a young veteran um, who's just been around forever. They pulled off an amazing match and an amazing finish. He reminds me of a young Mark Henry, that Jay Lethal. Yeah, 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 yeah. He really does. Has a young Mark Henry vibe to him, doesn't he? Goodness gracious. All right. (laughs) Um, WWE, let's move on. I thought the SmackDown, we finally get a good, I'll say it. It was a good episode of SmackDown. It wasn't great. It wasn't fantastic, but it was a good episode of SmackDown, and that might be the first of the year. Uh, I think part of the reason why it was good was it wasn't – they let some other people shine, and I let Naomi shine, which is what happens when you build up a baby face. You give her some attention. You give her, you have her garner sympathy, and then you put her in a good – I mean, borderline great 20-minute main event match against Charlotte, which the audience was into, and myself even at some point believed that she might actually have a chance to win. Um, so I thought this was just really well done. I think I told you, I, I feel proven right because we talked about Goldberg in our last episode. And I said, the man is gotten good at talking. He's a good talker. And listen, they gave him, uh, the, the sit down interviews with him were good. The sit down interview with Roman was great. Uh, I, we, you don't have to be excited for the match. I know you're not, but I think they're doing a fine job selling me on it. And I'm excited to see Roman Goldberg Goldberg. Uh, and yeah, and I thought you had some other decent, uh, good wrestling action on, on the show. SmackDown was okay. Mike Alloy is incorrect. It was okay. Uh, but I understand why he thinks it's good because SmackDown so far this year has been terrible. It just hasn't been a very watchable show. So when you actually get a bit of pro wrestling, uh, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. The main event was very good. It was choppy at the end, but I won't split hairs over that. Um, I do find it interesting that uh, Charlotte kicked out of every she kicked out of all Naomi's finishers and it took one natural selection during a choppy sequence. And that was it. So, yeah, you do get that great match. But also it's like I now know that doesn't matter what Naomi hits Charlotte with Charlotte kicking out of everything. So I would have done that a little differently, to be perfectly honest with you, especially if you always want to give a baby face who is reaching that type of level. You want to give them an out. You just do it because then it's easier to run it back when you don't give them an out. 
You sack the shit them. They have nowhere to go. Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair. You give them nowhere to go. And then they just, you have to hope that the audience just still loves them. You just have to hope that the audience still loves them. I, I would have liked it had they given uh, Naomi just an out. I'm not even saying that Charlotte shouldn't have won clean. I'm saying give her an out where it's like she would have won had it not been for this thing because they didn't do that. Charlotte just kicked out of everything. But it was, uh, I think, maybe my favorite Charlotte match in a long time. I'll say that. It was money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, I've hated all. I hated that. Um, I hated that. I hated that on principle. I hate. Oh I hated no! Well, yes, back to the Survivor Series. Yeah, that was my match. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. That was. That was. That was. That was pretty good. Um, so I enjoyed this one a bit better because the babyface heel dynamic was clearly drawn. So that was a bit easier. This was a bit easier for me to deal with. Uh, Goldberg. Yeah, he's good at talking. Took. I mean, again, you stick around twenty years at something, you should be competent at it to some degree. Roman's promo was good as well. Um, I think they were pretty much similar. I think they're coming from different Roman does the see, I'm this, I'm the greatest of all time. I'm, it, again, it's, it's Samoan Muhammad Ali. So that's just okay. kind of, but, but, but he talks slower. That's it. So that's how Roman gets good at talking. It's not like he puts sentences together. He says things very slowly then takes a breath then looks at you intensely and says, I'm the greatest. I'm on another level. I'm on an Island. My spaceship goes to Mars. You ain't never seen nothing like this. When I do it, it's like that's all. That's how he talks. So again, love it if you want to. Uh, Goldberg is the crotchety old man who says, "Not in my backyard." So um, they'll have their match, and and we'll get through it, and that'll be fine. He's. I think he, we're going to see him Goldberg. Goldberg. I think that's it. I think that's the last match of Goldberg's story. So I'm excited for it personally. Like honestly, that's. Like, I mean, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see. Superman punch, Superman punch, Superman punch, spear, 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 one, two, three. Let's go. Let's get out of here. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, listen, I get it. Roman has to be champion for 737 years. Cool. Um, and again, this is again, this is just in service to getting to the Brock match. So that's fine. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. I I that would have booked a different. They probably won't. I'm now I'm toying with the idea of hopefully maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll book Seth to win. The, the title in the elimination chamber, we get Seth versus uh, Roman versus uh, versus Brock uh, in the in the you know for all the all the marbles, which makes sense. Well, but, goodness, I mean, that would make too much sense, Mike. Why would you talk <laughs> about things that and everybody make seems to be sense? more interested than than than? I the, mean, uh, but 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 Mike, what are you talking about? Don't you know? that Seth Rollins beat Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble? You're expecting Seth to somehow get some type of return match because he won the match against the champion who hadn't lost in over two years? You're, Mike, you're asking for continuity. That is not what we do here. We do not do that. We don't do that. No, I mean, yeah, they could have booked the, listen, as we've talked about before, they they have booked themselves into a position over the past seven years where they have ensured that the best match they have available to them is Brock v. Roman. They've, they've done everything to ensure that would be the case. Um, and um, shame on them for that. But here we are. Um, and that's what you have. It seems like Big E is back with the new day and he's just going to be a tag guy again, uh, which further. Uh, establishes my position of you never wanted to make a star. You never wanted to make a singles champion. It was a thing to do. That was a thing to do. Uh, and again, 
when all I can say about a man is that at least his run with that title was better than CM Punk's first run with the world title. That ain't saying much. So um, they're not, I mean, again, I, I guess that's where we're going. You could do that thing with Seth, but you know, that would make too much sense. Um, again, they, I, they don't have anything compelling to me on the top of their card. They have no mid card to speak of whatsoever. Uh, and people say, no, they have a mid card. No, they don't stop being ridiculous. Uh, they have mid card titles that they've done a tremendous job in devaluing, which is amazing considering how awesome the United States title was and how awesome the United States title was under Damian Priest when he was the Archer of Infamy before you turned him into, you want the priest, you don't want Damian, and did such a terrible job of explaining that, gave him worse entrance music, and then they're confused as to why the audience isn't reacting as positively. So, um, which is a shame because you had Riddle as U.S. champion, that was great. You had Sheamus as U.S. champion. That was also great. You had Bobby Lashley as U.S. champion, the best U.S. champion that the WWE has had in some time that then led to Riddle then winning that U.S. title that then led Bobby to then ascending to winning the WWE championship. So they're not, again, as it relates to this place, I mean, and I hate to say it, but on the top of the card, you, you putting Seth into that Roman Brock mix would be interesting. But I just don't think they're going to do that because um, I'm sorry, just not, not too much that they do make sense as it relates to the top of their card, man. It's, it just really doesn't. It's, it's an uncompelling uh, jumbled mess that is, ex- that, is, that is not even fun to talk about in I many instances. I only disagree with you on the, in, the, in, the, in the slight instance that, that they have mid-card talent that they're pushing. I mean, you know, uh, uh, the, the entire IK bro... Uh, off like that's not that's 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 tag teams that's tag but okay you can like single single singles yes yeah because you can you can actually because you're not because no one's gonna sit there and say that randy orton is a mid-card he's the top guy so he's just working in the tags you you can even put a tag team match on them in the main event i'm starting to enjoy the thing they're doing with with happy corbin and uh and uh and matt moss and drew mcintyre that storyline at least they're putting some effort into it I I'm not gonna lie, I'm maybe because I'm a fucking idiot, but when he uh so when he does his jokes like in the ring and that's yeah. annoying, I, I I'm over it and I was like, ah, this game is kind of yeah. dead. This past week when they were backstage, yeah. he's like, you know, I, I don't want to claim more, I, I will use some clay less and he left he's like, No, but I'm serious though. Like like yeah. it's now it's a disease, he can't help it. <laughs> he yeah. just sounds like that. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that 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 because I'm an idiot, that popped me. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. a little bit of a layer on the character. Uh, and we got to start to admit, I know nobody likes him, but like Moss, Madcap Moss is a pretty good in ring talent. He no, I, I like no, I like Madcap. I I, I hated. I Rick think him and Drew will have a great match. Um, <laughs> and I think him and uh and Corbin, Corbin looked good against Cesaro because um, makes everybody look good. Uh, but uh, they had a fun TV match and they started to acknowledge that Happy Corbin is undefeated. So I think they're mm-hmm. building to uh, what should be a pretty entertaining uh, Drew versus a uh, Corbin match at WrestleMania, which I'm mm-hmm. I'm more than happy for. That's your mid card. That's you know at least there's something there. Uh, I I don't argue with you that yeah that I mean what they've done with both U.S. titles recently, uh, because yeah the, I think it's 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 official. We we can say that the Damian you don't want the Damian you want Priest Jack or Hyde shit has just hasn't worked at all. Uh, because the, nobody knows how to react to it. Like, I see babyface, uh-huh. I see a heel. We're conf- nobody knows how to. We're all confused, you know. Having seen them live, like nobody knew what to do uh, when, when watching him perform. Uh, and same thing on SmackDown now with IC title uh, is you know spoiler alert. Going back to Sami Zayn next week, 
which is good because when he has, again, I see that was kind of hard. Not that, not that long ago when Sammy had it, and you know there was the, the real Intercontinental Champion storyline. Then Big E got it on his way to the top. Then Apollo got it, and when he got a brand new gimmick, and then Nakamura got it, and that's it. And it went to shit because he hasn't never hasn't defended it since. Bro, look at what they had with Apollo, and look at what they did with Apollo. You had a tremendous mid card ethnic heel gimmick that they just let go, and they brought it to they brought it to Raw, and then had had the had had Damian. Well, let's pause the recording here. My wife yeah. is here to help with the groceries. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I'll be, be back up in like a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, cool. You want to? Yeah, can we pause the recording? Yeah, I mean, you had Apollo. You had a guy that was a built-in, like ethnic ethnic gimmick heel. You took him to Raw. You had Priest kill him, even though Priest was like fizzling out because it was now Damien and the Priest. <laughs> like, so it, it, it's just a waste. You have these guys that last year that in the in in quarantine had done such amazing mid card work for you to build up and establish a mid card that that some of these talents, let's say you have four mid-card guys that theoretically one of those guys could move up, you know what I'm saying, to, to, the, to, the, next, to the next step. And now this company has no real legitimate mid-card to speak of, so far as I'm concerned. You just have a bunch of guys that are holding titles that aren't doing anything with them, or you have some guys who were champions, who were world's champions, whom you screwed the pooch on their runs, i.e. Drew McIntyre. Um, which I also said, you're doing this wrong. This is what's going to happen. And sure enough, it happened. So, so yeah, so yeah, even with Drew, he's only there in service to lose to Roman at a date to be determined, which he's already done. No, I don't. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I do. I mean, look, we're coming out of WrestleMania with Roman holding two titles. I think that's pretty obvious to anybody yes. who's watching. Yeah. Um, and and I, again, if you want to do a neat thing, hey, you could have him lose that WWE title in short order and you still protect them because he's still the universal champion you could but they're not going to do yeah but they're not going to do that because roman must be champion for 978 years because Vince i do, think, I, do is, think, I do think that's how they to be honest i do think that's the plan i think the plan is to, for him to be, be, have two titles lose one of them at some point i don't think it's going to be in shorter i think it's going to be in SummerSlam or yeah. something like that and then he's going to carry that universal title till the next year's wrestlemania yep yeah, so I think that's the that's the long term booking there. Um, anything else? Oh, just quick shout out. Uh, I I'm, I know you're not happy to see New Day kind of back together with Biggie and Kofi, like you know. And but I will give them WWE credit for at least like, hey, we're gonna do something with Los Lotharios. We're gonna give them a gimmick. Yeah. We're yep. gonna flash out the gimmick, and we're gonna give them a big heel win where they still against you know uh, yeah. two former world champions and one of the yep. greatest factions of all time. So at least yep. I give them credit for that. Yep, that's fine. That's what you know. They gotta do something. Uh, anything else you want to touch on as far as WWE is concerned? Yeah, Ronda Rousey looks terrible. That was yes. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that as well. I think the the thing that the the most the biggest reason why I couldn't make an argument that this was a a, a great episode of SmackDown is because of the Ronda Rousey run in in, in the last minute. Like, man, what are we doing here, bro? Bro, she, you she was over. Again, the crowd is happy. Yeah, she's to over. Her. So at least she's that's over. that for now. But, oh boy, oh boy, man. Is she, Bro, I think she's 
at, at, at the chamber, like in her first match. I think the crowd might turn her, man. Like she's bro, bad. Bro, I'm going to say this right now and you're going to be shocked. And I'm shocked, too. You can't have Charlotte lose to her. You can't. You can't <laughs> do it, bro. There's no way that you're going to have her ready in two months. There's just no there. I, I just don't. I don't see it, bro. I, I either you can't. You will expose everything. Either Ronda Ronda has to beat Charlotte in ninety seconds, or or Charlotte has to win. You can't have. I'm say, I am saying this about Charlotte Flair. You can't have Charlotte lose to her, bro. There's nah, man. Some 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 name. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not congealing, right? Some name connecting, bro. Sure. She 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 looks weird trying to do the judo for like. She can't forget wrestling. She can't even do judo anymore. Like I don't yeah. know what's going on with her, bro. I, I she think... literally looks like somebody like like the the Space Jam when like yeah. like something like sucked out of her like pro wrestling and 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 martial arts powers out of her. But she doesn't know yeah. what she's doing. Yeah, man. All of a sudden, she's got like two left feet or something, and everything looks it looks real bad. Like it looks real, especially. And I hate this. I hate to say this. When you know what judo throws look like, and we know what her judo throws look like, that like that's her thing, and they just look terrible. And the punches, man, I long, I want, I want the Shane McMahon punches back, baby. I want them, <laughs> you know, like as opposed to that, bro. It's 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 actually concerning because, and I'm not, I'm listen, I make no mis- bones about it. I'm not a Charlotte Flair fan, or I'm I'm not a. I'm a more importantly, I'm not a Ronda Rousey fan. She appears to be a particularly temperamental person whom is prone to uh, to vicious fits of outburst at the slightest hint that someone disagrees with her or dislikes her. It's concerning because you put that out there long enough, the audience will turn on her. And then you have to deal with her being in her feelings, yelling at the fans, gaslight, you guys stink, fuck you, it's your fault, da 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 da, da all that stuff. And I'm here to say, I will not be gaslit by this person. Um, neither should you, uh, you're allowed to think what you think about her. If you love her, you dislike her, whatever, whatever. You're not wrong for that. This is a person who can't handle criticism. And when they look like, like this, all they're going to receive is criticism. Like that's just what that is. Um, and, and I don't know how you get to mania with that. Like literally that's one of those things, man. You got to have a, you better start doing like Randy Savage and work out every single move of that match, which is then a shame because it's devoid of. Uh, interaction with the audience, but to get her. Sick- it's, oh, that's fine. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm lost. That hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Look, let that. Go. That's, that's not. That's not. No, let's let, let, let's let, let's walk before we run here. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, yeah. I think they that's have fair. to step by step every single thing. I don't know. She can't do anything, bro. Like yeah. I again, as somebody who. I was understanding. Oh, yeah, I was never a huge fan of her, but at least like appreciative of her. She is like she, I've never seen anybody this bad, and she really the only thing she brings to the table at this point is is her name. It's her she, name. She yeah. can't she can't really speak well that well. I mean, mm-hmm. she's serviceable on the mic. Let's say that I want to say she's hard, but she's serviceable. Uh, and and the, with her, she I think you said it perfectly. She's got two left feet out there. I think they even like had to cut the camera when she was running to the ring because I think it didn't look good. It did bro, that. Like, look, bro, it, it looked like she almost tripped, bro. That's one. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, yo, nah, man, this can't, this ain't it. You can't have Charlotte lose to this person. You can't have Becky lose to this person. Some guy have she's she not gonna be ready in two months, bro. There's no way. There's no way. They gotta send her a ring. They gotta send her a ring. 
you you call up you call up uh dr tom you call up tom pritchard and you say hey man we gotta pay you extra for this one like you gotta just be there please you just gotta be there with her to get to get her certain to get to get her to be terrible that's what i'm saying <laughs> you have to get to dr tom with her and then work with her and work around her family life to to make sure that when she shows up to wrestlemania she's just terrible not a as a wrestling fan, this is terrifying, bro. Like, to see her one minute of her, like, in action, it's like, bro, she's going to be around for a year. She signed a year contract. She signed a year contract. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. What a bro, time to. Hope, I hope, listen, I hope she be, maybe the, maybe she'll become a huge heel. Like, that's it, man. That's the only I, huge heel who wins her uh, matches in two minutes before losing one in two minutes. That's, I, that's I, the only yeah. solution I see here. Yeah, I like, I, like highly, a huge version of Goldberg. But yeah, yeah, I I, I, I highly doubt do that, that many of you will be very sports entertained. I highly <laughs> doubt it. Um, and you think good? Oh, we we, we gotta give again. Uh, I I briefly mentioned, but we gotta give Chad Gable some credit. Just you know, just mm-hmm. give him a shout out for. Uh, I mean everybody. Uh, all all four participants of that academic challenge just fucking nailed out the park. It went a tad too long, but we're still entertaining. Mm-hmm. Which is, I did not think that was. If you go, and, you would have told me that shit would have went ten minutes. I thought this would be horrible, and this was yeah. one of the better things uh, I've seen this week on 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 a really good 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 week of wrestling. Um, uh, who else? Oh, and uh, and another extra shout out to Riddle and uh, and uh, Seth Rollins. They their match got cut short because there was a DQ and it, mm-hmm. it was nonsense. But the five minutes that did have in the ring together were awesome. Those two yes. are two of the best in the world, and I, I, I loved how how smooth they looked in the ring together. Yeah, uh, the one one of the guys that Seth said he never worked with. Funny how life uh, life does that different, isn't it? Um, so yeah, that was cool. Um, Shane McMahon been fired. That's hilarious. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. We got we got to touch on that. Uh, I I again, my, if if the story we hear is true, I want to give it again. This is the first. Uh, instance in a very long time of 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 evidence of Vince McMahon might be a, a competent owner uh, because if you the fact that he was able to fire his own son after bringing him in on day one because he shed the bed that says more about him than I were, were, was willing to give him credit for uh, because a lot of you know what a lot of CEOs of, or Fortune 500 companies if they bring in a friend much less a son into their company doesn't really matter how competent they are they at least give them like a a, a month worth of time before before you know uh kind of sending them home so the fact that shane mcmahon only lasted in the night uh i think that uh that that you know that's a feather in the camp to vince and also a sign of how how far gone shane mcmahon is if the story is true yeah i if the story is true I, I give more credence to just shane upsetting the wrong people um i think it's more if if, if what we hear is correct it's more that brock was unhappy and if you're paying that guy all that money to do, you know, oh, so little, you know, your top guys, you sort of take care of in theory. So, uh, you know, there's a reason the forgotten sons are forgotten. <laughs> and that's partly because apparently they didn't follow. No, they wasn't doing their COVID protocols. Right. And Roman said to Vince, hey, bruh, why am I back here? And next thing you know, they're gone or the most of them are gone. And then you have you have Riker, who's then gone. And now uh, Macklin is on impact. So um, I think it was more a situation of uh, do I think that some of the shenanigans that we're hearing about, uh, do I think they're true? Yeah, probably. Because look at how that thing was framed. It just wasn't very good. But I think more to the point, 
someone had to take the L on that one. And there was enough heat on on Shane to do so. Uh, and I think he upset the right people and uh, he got himself canned for that, which is fine. I mean, he's still going to be at Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Like he's still it again. Yeah. Why not fire your son? Fire the richest guy in the ring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, like of the of those guys that were in there, Shane McMahon is the richest guy in that ring. Yeah. Fire him. It's not like he's losing his stock options. It's not like his portfolio dips or whatever else. So he's the easiest guy to fire. Um, and again, if the rumors are true, it was the right thing to do because you have to stop this narrative that the McMahons matter as in-ring talents. You really have to, especially when historically they have worked in a disservice to the talents that they've been in the ring with. Yeah, I mean, listen, that the Braun Strowman match and storyline did not did not give him any did not do him any good. Uh, you basically established him as a, as a big dummy, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know he was out of the company uh, a few months later. So, um, and yeah, and then I think you mentioned right correctly. You know, the last time you had a chance to do something with Miz being babyface, uh, you squandered that opportunity as well. Uh, you know, I think them. I, I I still think you can use those McMahon's. Uh, and, and Triple H in in the right story. Uh, I think there was an obvious story there for us in theory to maybe do something entertaining with him. At least you know have him like elevate up if he beats uh, Shane McMahon in like a in a in a serviceable hardcore match. Tells a story. It's like oh, okay, it's it's a good look for a young talent. You know, kind of a big spot at, at WrestleMania. Uh, so maybe there was something to do there. According to the rumors, that was not the plan. Uh, so I have no. I I do not. Regret the, the rumors. Regret. The rumors indicated that the plans were worse, wasn't it? Like he was supposed to, well, like work. What? Bobby is what. Yeah. Again, now again, that could be part of what he was angling for and asking for, which is why maybe he got sent home. Uh, we don't know what the again how the what the exact conversations were, but yeah, those were the, the names mentioned supposedly. So. That's, that's totally fair, man. When you think something like that, you probably should go home. Hey, the hey, I, you know what? I need to work with Bobby. Shane, we gonna need you to go go be with your kids. <laughs> go be, you need to go be with your kids. You're not spent because again, I'm sorry if that's the case. If he's really thinking about that stuff, that's clearly a rich guy going through a midlife crisis. He needs to go home. <laughs> he needs to go. I can take. I can. I'm on. Me and Bobby. Yeah, it's like nah, bro. You gotta go. You gotta go home. You we're the same home. age, basically. We both yeah, we're exactly. the same age. We have all yeah. that MMA training. What's yeah. the difference? Yeah. What's the what, difference? What, we what both the we both do jujitsu. <laughs> Oh, go be with your wife. <laughs> oh man. Uh I will say this. Uh while you mentioned on the on the whole uh on the whole uh WWE corporate as far as while we're giving the credit. Hey man, uh, them letting Nia Jax go, I'm cool with it. Yeah, that, that was a totally I mean, my God. I'm I mean, justified. <laughs> Completely yeah. justified. Uh, who knew all it was gonna take was a pandemic. Hey, all it was gonna take was a pandemic for them to be like, all right. You can only listen, you can only you can only send town to the hospital so long. So long till eventually I know even Rock saw that and he was like, I ain't gonna trip over that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm that's fine. All right. Before we get out of here, we do have NXT Vengeance Day coming up. I am excited for it personally. Uh are you excited for NXT Vengeance Day at also to her? I I'm interested to see what they do. Um I am not uh goodness gracious i'm i'm not overjoyed but i am not 
this I don't I have I have medium mid level uh, excitement, meaning that I do believe they have the ability to pull off a thing. I think I think it's obvious that the Creed brothers are going to, you know, win the Dusty Cup. I think Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes will have a very good match. I think that uh, Pete Dunn and Tony D'Angelo uh, will have a serviceable match. I'm not sold on Tony D'Angelo at all. Not only as a gimmick, his gimmick is stupid, but as a in-ring talent, I'm not sold. After their pole match, I've just kind of been sour on him. Um, and also, I believe that Pete Dunn deserves better. But I do also think that everybody who was a part of the black and gold NXT is not figured into the future plans of what this new NXT is. So um, so there's that. I think I think the match I'm looking forward to the most, actually, is Braun Baker versus Santos Escobar uh, because of Santos Escobar. Uh I think it's going to be a very good match. I think Braun is going to level up from that and working with Santos. And I think Santos uh, will make it very compelling. So I think they do have compelling matches there. I think Toxic Attraction is another one. They'll they'll pull off a compelling match. So they have a, a compelling card that'll pull off really cool matches. And it's I think it's nice um, that we'll see that. And then we get to see Grayson Waller uh, pretend to be L.A. Knight. So that'll be cool, too. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying Grayson Waller LA Knight thing. Uh, I think you know Toxic Attraction has been really good female stable. We haven't had one of those in a while. The dominant one, uh, and it's more it's more cohesive than what Brie Breaker and, and Friends are doing at AW. So I'm really enjoying yep. that. Um, again, I think Mandy's. By the way, shout out to Mandy and Kelly Ray having a really really good match. Um, yes. Uh, on uh, on NXT this past week. Uh, so I think you know toxic trash, and you, there's no reason to to not have him hold all the gold in the company right now, at least yeah. on the women's side. Um, yeah, Santos Escobar is going to do again, going to keep Braun Breaker looking good. Um, doesn't need too much help; he needs a little bit of help in the ring, and Santos will provide him that. Um, Cameron Grimes, I think, and Cameron his cat have a chance to steal the show. I think they're both really, really great workers. Uh, had some really good, cool matches. I think they both can have their career best match. Wouldn't be surprised um, if they pulled that off. Uh, and I just enjoy them. I think they both can talk really well. I think they have really cool. I thought the, the vignettes they shot for the match were really nice as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I do like Tony D'Angelo. He's my type of again. I've compared him to Luchasaurus. They're they're different but same as far as just like this is a cheesy, obviously cheesy gimmick. Uh, and uh, you kind of just embrace how over the top cheesy it is. Uh, the man, the man has, can't sell the, getting the man can't sell getting hit with an object. I don't like him. Uh, that's fair. I, I do think he could sold gang. So hit with to me, I think he ever got hit with a crowbar. I do don't. I think he he, he, had, he had crowbar in his mouth. He got he got he hit with it. Not like like yeah. He got hit. He got hit with it. He didn't sell it. Uh, and then yeah, the only match with uh, any actual injury because I I can see MSK winning this as well, right? With the sure. storytelling that tell him uh, there. And again, and Imperium are are heels. Creed brothers are I think just tweeners, depending on who they're going up against. MSK are baby faces, so either one could win the title. I would not be upset at either. Um, we might have a screwy finish. I have with a triple threat. That would be interesting as well. So, uh, again, shout out to NXT tag team division. I think they're doing some really really cool stuff right now. Um, we did touch on it a little bit after uh, Creed brothers versus Grizzle Grizzle Young veterans match on last week's NXT was awesome match as well. Uh, so check it out. Uh, let's get out of here, but not without giving the people what they want first. Satoya, please give the people your match of the week. My match of the week will be Jonathan Gresham versus Steve Macklin from Impact. Uh, wrestling that took place, I believe, February the 3rd of 2022 
Uh, I thought this was a really, really good match. Good piece of business with Gresham being the ROH interim world's heavyweight champion. Let's not be mistaken. Bandito is the actual ROH world's heavyweight champion. They will settle up that piece of business in April. Uh, but I thought this was a really cool match. I thought it was a really cool new school pacing, whereas things are pretty quick, but everything made sense. Uh, they did it in a very sensible way. Jonathan Gresham is one of those individuals that, given his size, he consistently has to find ways to make things that he does look not only believable, but work within his limitations height-wise, which I feel he does excellently. Steve Macklin's a very good hand. I thought they had a very, very good match, also leading to a very interesting story with uh, the Honor No More faction and ROA. So that is my match of the week. Yeah, Impact, again, as, as per usual, is doing some really cool stuff. Uh, my match of the week goes to... Francisco Akira versus Gabriel Kidd from Ref Pro High Stakes 2022. Uh, I highly recommend you watch the whole pay-per-view. It's just it's a lot of good matches, really. You know, uh, British crowds are some of my favorite crowds in the world. Uh, Gabriel Kidd is a Ref Pro original who had an excursion to LA Dojo uh, where he stayed during the pandemic. He recently, this is him making his comeback to Ref Pro. Uh, and he gets to be kind of the, the big because uh, Francisco Akira, who I was not previously familiar with, uh, is a much smaller opponent than him, and he's got some baby face fire. He's fighting from underneath. Uh, lots of really good punches, which is, you know, always good to see. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was a really, really fun match with some really cool finishing sequences. Dope. You should and check with, those both out. Yes, and we're not going to leave here without plugging uh, Satoyo's uh, big night, which is coming up uh, in 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 less than a week now. So, please give the the, the people where you going. Let them know where you're going to be at. Wednesday, February the 16th, I will be headlining at Helium Comedy Club and recording my debut comedy album. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, this is you know, if you're in the Philadelphia era area, <laughs> if you're in the Philadelphia era, which was <laughs> a good time, uh, a time of lawlessness, a time of of victimization and brutality. Now, but if you're in the area, please come out uh, and uh, check out a really great comedy show. I will be, of course, headlining, recording my debut album. I have some funny cats opening for me. It'll be a very, very, very good time. Tickets are very affordable. Uh, you can find that heliumcomedy.com. And that is Wednesday, February the 16th. Please come out. It is the biggest moment of my comedy career to date. And the more people that are in there, the better, because they'll know that I am a draw and that also matters in my industry as well yes please all come out ladies and gentlemen this was give me the book have a great day fuck ben simmons always <laughs>